Yo, what's good? It's your boy. I'm out here with my cousin, Alyssa. This is so dope, honestly. She is a Scorpio. She's older than me. She's been an inspiration in my life for like ever. If there was ever an interest I had, it probably started with her, honestly. Um, and she has dope music, bro. So today we're gonna pick apart her brain. We're gonna see how she comes up with new things, stays relevant, has fun. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting because Scorpios never talk about themselves, especially openly like this. <laughs> so let's see how much we can get from her. Yeah, Alyssa, what's good? Hello, hello, everyone. Um, this podcast is pretty cool. I haven't done one, so this will be my first one, but hopefully there'll be more to come in the future. <laughs> Amen. Yo, so I asked both of our Instagram followers if they had any questions for Alyssa. I had mentioned that she's recorded an album. She's successfully put an album out. She has a few music videos out. One that I'm in, a shout out Rhea. We really did that. Yes. Mm. And so we got a good round of three questions. <laughs> <laughs> shout out everyone. The first question comes from my homegirl, Jakaya. She's actually based in LA. She has a blog. Um, I've interviewed Jakaya on here before. You guys know what's good about her. One of her first questions is, what are your musical inspirations? Ooh, that's a good question. So I, I feel like I get this question a lot and a lot of people want me to just have one answer, but really I think the music that I grew up with was so diverse, like all over the place. Um, so I feel like inspirations come from very different angles. Um, and I think like it starts even from like, metal to pop to indie to folk like everything um and it's interesting how it kind of makes its way into my own music a little by little um but i think i'm still finding my own sound even today so like but in terms of musical inspirations i think a lot of underground music and also a lot of like what's relevant now kind of all mixed together um and yeah if you could teleport back to 2010 <laughs> <laughs> 2010. Alyssa okay. with the red bangs. Oh my god, that, that was not 2000. That was more like 2006. Okay, 2006. What do you right? think we were fucking with then? Okay, when I had red highlights, I was like in fifth grade. I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. And believe it or not, I was listening to 50 Cent. <laughs> like 50 Cent, Lloyd. I was very into oh. like R&B rap and okay. things like that. And then let's take it years later what was the next genre uh i was all, i was such a hipster like going into junior high such a hipster i like warp tour status. yeah warp tour um it was very much alternative bands but also like super underground indie music like gabriel applin ed sheeran ellie golding all before they were like starting to make pop music everything that they were doing acoustic and indie that's what I was into. And then, you know, through them getting popular and getting into the music industry, they'd made more pop music. Mm -hmm. But before that, those were like what I grew up with before. And that's why I call myself a hipster because a lot of these artists, I, I've known them when they were, when they made like raw, like acoustic music. Before um, their big blow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you mentioned those artists specifically because I'm triggered. And I think back to when you showed me Ed Sheeran and believe it or not the first verse i ever remember listening to was the city the acoustic oh version of the city gosh. you know that song yes that yes. was one of my favorites where he actually raps exactly yeah, and he does not do that anymore like that, that was dope no that was yeah. a dope time for him for <laughs> sure fuck that's so dope do you think that those artists kind of helped you oh for sure I already know what you're gonna ask. Like, kind of like navigate the yeah, music, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, because I feel like those were kind of like my roots, honestly, because yeah. that inspired me to pick up a guitar during that time. And oh. that in that indie music, right, a lot of it's acoustic sound. So, so, like, you started in band playing the flute, yes? Yes. What was their music, the reason you started? Like, the flute, honestly, so shout out to Vanessa. <laughs> I saw her pick up the flute instrument and I was like, Oh, I want to do that. Um, and I feel like like how I'm, I am for you, like Vanessa was that kind of like for me uh, a little bit. Kind of always like looked up to her because she was kind of like the golden child, right. you know? So it's like, um, and so, you know, 
I feel like at, at one point we all kind of felt like that, you know, like, okay, what can we do to like catch our family's attention or what can we do to make our family proud of us? You know, yeah. things like that. Um, but the flute was something like, oh, you know what? That looks like a fun instrument. I want to, I want to pick up on it. And so that's kind of where it started. Um, but even then, like, you know, my grandpa from my mother's side, like he would, he played the guitar and mm. I remember like, even as a little girl, like he would sit me on his lap and he would uh, sing like music uh, or Mexican songs, Spanish speaking songs. And so like the, those things kind of like inspired the music in me because, you know, my grandma would sing and my grandpa would play guitar. And so it was very like music oriented on my mom's side of the family. Mm. So I, the moment I started like being able to talk, I wanted to sing. And then the moment that I could like write, I started writing songs, even though like, <laughs> so when I started writing songs, I was still in elementary school, but I remember like the first song, like I kind of like, I guess, what's the word? Um, Solidified? Yeah, yeah, or not even like, it was more like- First song that you're proud of? <laughs> no, what's that word where like, you copy people? <laughs> um, plagiarize? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, I plagiarized uh, A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. No way. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to write as if I wrote this. <laughs> I remember like writing out the lyrics of like songs I really liked and like kind of like did my own like. Remix? Yeah, or not even that, but just like pretended I was these artists that created these songs. I know everybody has a song that they feel like, oh, I wish I wrote that song. Like, so that's kind of like, I would go into my imaginary world and like pretend that I wrote these songs that I really liked. It's kind of dope though. Yeah, so it was like interesting. And then I remember even like, <laughs> so even when I was in elementary school, I remember we would have to like do the miles or whatever, but like my ass would just walk. <laughs> but I would like sing about things I saw, just like straight up and make a song or like a little tune. I remember I would sing about like the grass and it being green, like stupid stuff like that. So I feel like I've always had an inclination of like wanting to do music some way, somehow. And I think like through that, I saw when I saw Vanessa pick up an instrument, I kind of saw that as a way to get into like the music scene mm -hmm. per se. In that world. Yeah. And I think from there, it kind of led to like the stepping stones for everything else and where I'm at now kind of thing. That's dope. Honestly, Jakaya also asked, because I think this goes along with your... The, the vibe that we're picking up on right now. She also asks, what's your creative process and how do you prep to record a song? Ooh. So first, I think we'll talk about your creative process. I think as a grown adult, you've formed um, multiple interests, obviously. There's a lot of different layers to you and things that you like to do. So when you're putting on the music hat and you're like stepping into that zone of creation, how do you go about it? Are you someone who thrives off of feedback? Like... I've never been to one of your studio sessions, but do you have someone like, oh, hey, Alyssa, here's an idea. And you're like, okay, cool. Let me just vibe with this. Let me run with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of like being creative, like, are you talk talking about also writing music and stuff like that? So Because you write all your own music. Yes. I know. You know what? And that's a question I also get a lot too. Do I write my own songs? I'm like, who else is going to write them for me? <laughs> like, I'm nobody, you know? Nobody's just going to like... <laughs> write me a song and I don't know well I guess maybe you can hire someone to do it but why waste money yeah, you know? yeah. I mean no no shade to anybody yeah, who does no, that well I mean uh, hey like I feel like I get it if you're already like at the top kind of you know mm -hmm. you probably don't have the uh, amount of free time to be able to sit down like and write if you're Ariana you know? Grande bringing in Victoria yeah like I don't see them having a lot of time you know, and that's why they have a team, you know, mm -hmm. like, I feel like time is very, like, valuable, and I'm sure, like, their schedules look a lot different than mine. Mm -hmm. I could already see it in my head, and that's just coming from, like, a business aspect of music, which I think is something to look at, too, like, music as a business and music as, like, a hobby or something that you love to do that you, or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just very two different things, but I could see that being, like, a barrier when you're, like, getting bigger and bigger, how you'll have less time to be creative. But I don't know. I can't speak on it because I'm not there yet, but you never <laughs> know. But going back to, like, the creative outlet, I think for me, I think what makes it therapeutic for me to have this creative outlet of writing music is because I just reflect, reflect, reflect mm -hmm. when I write. And maybe, and you know, maybe this could be like 
commentary for the, this podcast specifically on whether or not this is healthy or unhealthy. But like, <laughs> like sometimes I feel like I dread too much on reflecting sometimes mm. um, because I'm like writing about these like past experiences or these past feelings. And I'm like, okay, should I need, do I need to move on now? But then it's like, but then it's all kind of like, sometimes it just comes naturally and I just need to still put it out there. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's really hard because I'm not where I'm at 10 years ago, five years ago, right? So it's like really weird to still write songs about those times and people ask me like, who'd you write that song about? Or like, are you going through that right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know? So, but basically that's just my creative process. Or sometimes like even like people around me inspire me to write music. Like if mm -hmm. you tell me a story about like your experiences and it just so happens to pop in my head while I'm listening to a beat, then like I can be inspired by that. And sometimes it really is like half experience and half just like imagining really, you know, just like a child, like, you know, that you have a big imagination. And I think as we get older, it's important to still have that aspect of it and not grow up too fast and yeah. okay to let your guard down and be a little bit childish. Right. Yeah. And that's what I really love about Doja Cat, actually, is that like she's very she is one of the most oh, creative she's such a trickster, bro. <sighs> I love her, but she reminds us to not take everything so up the ass. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I really love. And that's kind of like, also, I guess, going back to that other question, right? Inspiration uh -huh. is like, you get to just kind of make it your own. And that's what really is beautiful about music and writing music. Um, she does a lot of nuanced, like little voice things. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's dope. I don't think it, if anyone else would be doing it the way she's doing it, I would like it so much. But I think she's knows her her voice her talents herself oh so yeah much. she's definitely using her range of like playing with her voice as like a musical instrument really and so she does that very well she executes it very well unlike and i think that's what made her so unique and so like people being able to remember her yeah. remember and yeah um but but yeah in terms of you know writing music i think it's just What's you, ever going on in my head at the time in the moment? Do you have a specific journal dedicated to like your songs? Or is I it used like... to actually. I used to, um, and I think I kept more of a music journal or a songwriting journal or whatever you call it when I was actually more on guitar playing. Mm. When I when I was more in the you know playing guitar every day kind of thing and mm. writing my own songs acoustic. I kept a journal for that. And I think the reason why is because I would write down my chords and might as well just write down the lyrics I remembered uh -huh, from those uh -huh. chords. But I think now I just have everything on my phone. So I guess technically I do, but now mm -hmm. it's electronic. But even then, I'm really good at memorizing my own songs now. And it's very rare that I do write them down. Fuck, uh, like that. Yeah, like I don't have all my songs written on my phone. It's just I hear the beat and then it just comes back to me. Yeah. But... Do you think that you need like a, um, do you have any special rituals before you sit down in the booth, let's say, before you like? Um, probably just like do some vocal warm ups, uh, make sure I have a lot of water. Um, there's this, I get like this voice saver kit. I don't know, Ariana Grande on The Voice had like, uh, yeah. she kind of like <laughs> put us all on on those voice saver things. And actually that really helped. Yeah. Yeah. I think like my voice has become really hoarse over the last year mm -hmm. and a half, I would say. Um, and I've noticed like when I'm in the booth, like after two hours, I already start feeling super hoarse, which actually gives it a different sound. And it's not even a bad sound. Do you like it? more? Like I it? do. But then it's weird because if I don't record the whole song and I come back to it, then you can hear like it doesn't sound right. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you'll hear some parts sound way different, like an another voice almost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, eh, I think if it's. Like, okay, you know what I think about horse sounds when we're talking about Beyonce? Because <laughs> okay. uh, what song did she use? For, um, was it Partition? No, it's not Partition. Don't hurt yourself. No, Formation. There we oh. go. She's, oh. like, she's at the oh. end and you can hear that raspy and that hoarseness. So it's like, I feel like, but I feel like for me, my music doesn't really hold that vibe. <laughs> mm, not yet, anyway. Not yet. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. I try not to do that too, but, but yeah. Uh, and then what was the How other... do you prep to record a song? Prep to record? Um, really just like, again, the vocal warm-ups. I don't think there's any preparation other than that I come to the studio already have written the song. Mm. I know there's... I've heard like other producers... Like at least when I first went and started working with producers, a lot of them were like, oh, you already have your song done? Like they would be like, oh. Uh, surprise. Yeah. And I think it's because some people use studio time to sit down and actually write music versus recording. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> you spend a lot of money. You do. But yeah. I guess, but you know, everyone teaches their own. I think some people don't have the ability to sit down, find that quiet time. You know, everyone, everyone's life looks different. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the time, even though they're paying for that time, maybe it's the only time they get to like sit down and be motivated to to write and, and come up with whatever they're coming up with in terms of music. When you're stumped on a certain, like, let's say you're recording and you feel like it's not exactly what you want. Do you ever ask the producer for, like, their input? Or yeah. Or does the producer ever, like... Oh, I... Yes, every second. <laughs> if, and if, if Ryan is listening or Cisco is listening to this podcast, they know. <laughs> they know for sure that I'm always looking for validation, which is actually something I'm trying to be more mindful of. Uh-huh. Um, because I think I get really scared to like say how I want it to sound like, mm. you know, and mm. I think you can tell in like the, these first couple, you know, projects that I've worked on. But I think over time I'm starting to be more like, no, I want it to sound like this or hey, can I go back to that? And like try to even though it's a pain in the ass, like I feel like it's it gets you to where you want to be. Yeah. And I love Ryan so much because he's, like, pushed me to do that, too. Like, hey, we're going to stay here even if it takes us a thousand tries. That's right. And and that's what I really... I think it's really important as in terms of preparation to record that you have people around you that want that same goal. Best product. Yes. Like, don't be around people who just want you to get in and out of the studio. Mm. You know, I feel like it's really important to have people believe in what you are creating if they're going to be part of it some way, somehow. And that's what I'm learning. And then also, like, even Savvy, too. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Savvy. Yeah, you yeah. have a song with him. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. That that track was awesome. It's with dope. Spinning. It's literally I, in my fucking mm. uh, shuffle. It's fun when it comes on in the car and I have other people in it because I'm like, hey. Um, I love him, bless his soul, because he has also been such a huge influence in like where I'm at musically from even like a business aspect, but also in a creative aspect. And he's really pushing me to like go back to those acoustic sounds. I don't know if you realize when we did leave, that was all a different sound that I really haven't dived into, even though that's like the shit I listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I just really appreciate, you know giving him you know giving um myself his time to really just work on stuff like that and really just you know guide and navigate with me through my creative process and the future endeavors that that might come from you know making music together or Mm -hmm. even if it's just him giving me advice things like that but he knows because there's been even like days where I like I'm like crying like I don't want to do this it's too hard you know mm. and it's not that it's too hard but I feel like even aside from like you know the creative outlet like I think it takes a lot of work to put the best out there and then not receive you know immediate feedback like imme- immediate, yeah like that that, yeah like yeah. that validation that uh-huh. you needed like you know I wasted so much money on studio time was it worth it nobody's listening to it or something you know like you Mm -hmm. i don't know my like my negative self-talk comes in and i feel like it's definitely something i'm trying to work on and continue to work on because that's yeah we're portfolio building right now yeah (laughs) no yeah for sure and i think that's why you just gotta stop thinking about you know what Try not to get too stuck in my head about it, basically. How do you decipher who to trust and who to not trust when it comes to your body of work, when it comes to creative projects? Yeah. I know it's different for everyone because, like, especially being a Scorpio, like, someone has to impress you for them to get your attention if you're going to work with them, right? Yeah, for sure. I am... I say that I'm way more strict when I let people work with me versus me working with them. Like, them asking you to jump on their project? Oh, yeah. I always have fun. I always... Like... What's easy, is it easier for you to jump on a project then than to yeah. bring someone into you? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I think it's because I thrive off of like sitting down and be like, okay, this is not like, okay, this is a challenge. Let me try it. Uh-huh. Or like, oh, okay, I like it. I, if I, especially if I like the song, it's super easy. So uh-huh. if anyone's worked with me, it's because I liked your song. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, and I think when it comes to my own songs, I, I, maybe this is like, I don't know that, but also a little bit of selfishness because when Mm. I write songs, 
I hardly ever picture another voice. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's not a or good thing. For another voice, you know? Yeah, and maybe that's not a good thing. But you know, I listen. The one song that I am putting out that I think I showed you already, you know, that has a featured artist. I don't know if I should say it now or later, but like, yeah. And well, no, you know what? I think it's been on our stories. But there, uh, we I wrote a song called Timeless, and it's featured uh, by um, a rapper, a female rapper in San Francisco called Frisco oh, Baby. Oh, dope! Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and shout out Frisco, bitch. We love yes, you. We love you. <laughs> Holy shit! She blew me away when she when we went to the studio. Savi hosted us uh -huh. um, at his studio, and she blew me away. Goosebumps all over. Talent. Pure talent. So, And the so, fact that she's Nicaraguan set as well. Oh, yeah. We, just say, we repping so the, the Nicaraguan blood over here. But, yeah. I think when I wrote Timeless, it's because lyrically, I just was picturing, like, okay, I'm a bad bitch. Who else is a bad bitch? And Savvy connected me to Frisco, Savvy, um, Frisco Baby. And it was, like, perfect. perfect. I was, like, oh, my gosh. That is fucking dope. And, yeah, and so I kind of wanted it to make, not like a, a female anthem, but very kind of like, you know, centered around that type of energy and that vibe. So, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so we talked about previous artists that you were like super um, big fan of. Current day, aside from Doja Cat, who do you think occupies most of your playlists? You know, oh. when you're, like, driving to work and you're, like, getting that vibe <laughs> and, like, you want to feel good, relax, whatever it is. What, what's the current Alyssa playlist update? Is there a specific, like, genre of music that you no, listen to when you want to get inspired? No, that's the thing, Cam. Like, it honestly it's really depends on my mood. Uh, <laughs> like... Which is always changing. Yeah, I might be bipolar <laughs> speaking about that, but I don't know. <laughs> um, what is on my playlist? Still a lot of alternative music. Um, Paramore, like, for sure. Oh, I love Paramore. Oh my gosh, her vocal range is, is like out of this world too. You know, it's so funny. Maybe you remember this. I only know how to play guitar because of Alyssa, but I was... <laughs> you were so good, and I was kind of upset that you stopped too, because you were really good at like picking up stuff. It was fun to watch you. I feel like you picked it up a lot faster than I did, I feel like. I don't know what it was, but it was I remember... because I had you already learning it and being like hey this is how you hold it this is what's gonna make the sound actually come out if right. i didn't have that i would have been like a mess a mess i just remember when i heard you play um adele someone like you on it <laughs> that that was so good and i always wondered if you had continued playing the guitar how well you would have been able to play it like I current it, day i played it in jazz band but then went to high school and then color guard yeah. so different things but i do i do reminisce but i will say one song that i still remember how to play is misguided ghosts by paramore and it's because oh you gosh. taught me that was the first song i learned on guitar oh my goodness and you showed it to me it was in my it was in the college house mm -hmm. college street house yeah we oh were my, in my gosh room. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I still play it. If I'm ever, like, at a friend's house and there's a guitar, I'm like, Dude, hey. Tell me why that's the song I play when I go to, like, Guitar Center. <laughs> <laughs> that is the song. That's Misguided Ghost is the song I play. Yeah. Um, the tabs. I will, I'll, ne I'll never forget it. So yeah. thank you for that, because that's dope. No, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So I have another friend, Kim. She's a Sagittarius. She asks, what is your process of collecting your thoughts, ideas, and executing them? Oh. So when it comes to projects, let's talk about your first project. What was the first project the that you EP? put out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was very much like, it didn't, it, not that it didn't have like little thought into it, but I felt like it was definitely like my, I was dipping my toes. Mm-hmm. And I think what's intimidating about getting into like the music industry a little bit is because we, we have to talk about branding, how to market yourself, right? So when I did the EP in terms of like, what was the question? Collecting my thoughts and mm -hmm. how to, and, and, and executing it. So, you know, me being Latina or in that there was almost like this expectation that I needed to just make Latin music mm. and and so I was like, well, 
that's like the poppy people love that kind mm -hmm. of thing <laughs> so i did that and but even then i still made lyrically i made it still my own mm -hmm. um in some ways like i don't feel so bad that was a really um a song that a lot of people enjoyed no it's just because like i just think it's funny because i feel like it's obvious of like the song is obviously about an ex you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just like oh. <laughs> it's a banger it's an anthem um but i think it i think for me though i think it was just in terms of execution it was really just to put it my voice out there mm. Um, and then when we we're talking about like, you know, Clouds, the album, I definitely, you can hear my, I guess, me trying to figure out what my sound is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I was diving into a little bit of different genres here and there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all just about self-exploration, trying not to be like too serious about it, but also serious enough that like people want to listen. Um, when you were creating Clouds, was it like... The album cover, the releases, was there anyone that you were mm, bringing in mm. in that creative space? Or was it like, this is Alyssa's work, this is what Alyssa decided? Yeah, okay, so now I'm getting a bigger picture of like what the question is really asking. Because mm -hmm. I get like one idea and I run with it on a tangent. <laughs> but so like with the first EP, I called it Wake to Dream. Because again, that was like, okay, my dream is to like be an artist, be, be an a artist, singer, be, be a singer, right? Stage, and yes. I don't want to. I really had this like, okay, I have to do this because I'm not going to go the rest of my life saying like, what if? Yeah. What if I? What if I did try? What would have happened? So that's why I named that EP the way that I did. Uh -huh. And then clouds was very much like free range in a way, up in the clouds, whatever. And I think that definitely was a representation of, like, where my son was coming from. Like, yeah. you know, um, I think in terms of, like, the cover and everything, I think it just, I wanted to do something pastel, right? Because, again, we're going into that, like, zen, daydreaming, daydreaming yeah. kind of thing. You're still in the clouds. Kind of, It was kind of, like, waking to dream, but then kind of wanted to, like... Continue Keep going, off that. Yeah. yeah. Build upon that. Build upon it, um, because I'm still figuring out my sound. I think it just tells like a really bigger like story there, uh -huh. in terms of like saying it from that avenue. Because um, even with like this current project that I'm working on, it's still gonna be way different than than Clouds. Like just like how Wake to Dream or Clouds was way different than Wake to Dream. Mm -hmm. This next one's gonna be way different than Clouds and Wake the Dream, and like I'm still just figuring it all out. And I don't think there's a perfect way to execute that mm -hmm. if you're talking about it in the sense of creativity, mm -hmm. um, marketing, all that is different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think execution needs to be precise, and I'm still figuring that part out because there's so much in the industry that even artists, like you know, just as an upcoming artist or someone starting, you know, barely to write music like there's mm -hmm. so much of the unknown that a lot of these industries don't want you to know mm -hmm. right because we have the pressure of like the 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 labels and, mm -hmm. and all of that that that's how they make their money why do would they want, want do you see yourself being signed to a label in the future or do you like the idea of independent artistry um i really like the independent side of it i mean if i could i would <laughs> uh -huh. however i don't know to be honest because Staying open. Staying I'm open. staying open to all options. I don't think being in a record label is a bad thing. Uh -huh. um, but nor do I think being an independent artist isn't either. Yeah. And I feel like people who are, kudos, because I know that shit's hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, and independent artists really work for their craft. Not saying that record and people under record labels don't, but I feel like people who are under a record label, I feel, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they have a lot more to work with in mm -hmm. terms of like budget and resources. Like resource, exactly. Resources, yes. exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's a big thing. I felt that. I felt that. So, bringing it back to this last project, Clouds, what do you think are some of your favorite tracks? Because I have it on Apple Music and I'm about to pull them up. Um, it's a good question. 
So let's talk about Cloud. Let's talk about the um, <laughs> title track. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. I can't get copyrighted because I got the artist here with me, bitch. So try me. Hopefully. I know, hopefully. But <laughs> if not, you gotta save me. So this is the intro. We're gonna listen to a little bit. And then I want you to decipher. Dope. So, when you hear that track, can you give us some background? What what inspired that sound? That song? I think. So when I wrote clouds, I think I was like, in Vanthrop, Is that how you say it? Uh -huh. I don't know. I think so. like, I think so. Upper in the valley. I remember uh -huh. writing that song on my way to the arcade. <laughs> um. And I think for clouds, it was very much like. Not giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, and just wanted to have fun with that beat. I listened like to the beat and I was like, oh, this sounds really fun. This sounds like something that I should try. It was one of those like, oh, this is a genre I, you wouldn't have thought of doing. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. And like, I really loved playing with like, even like the, the background vocals. Like you can, like if you listen to it you can, and you hear the background, you're like, what? Like, you know, just kind of <laughs> like, you know, doing the ad libs, like not really thinking too seriously about it. And um, and I think that was a representation of that album. That's why I called it Clouds. Mm -hmm. Because again, it was, that is where I'm like self-exploring and trying to figure out my sound. And I still am, but I feel like that was really what the representation of that album is. I think the chorus, running out my own club, I think that's my favorite part of the whole song. And I love how that repeats so often. It feels like a black sheep anthem almost. Like, screw you. Screw your unacceptance of me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find my people. I'm going to find my party. Yeah. Um, I feel like when I also wrote that song, I was really reflecting on the fact that <laughs> um, some, some people don't want to see you win. Mm -hmm. You know? and mm -hmm. Or some people feel like, you know that they owe you something or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you know, and I feel like for me, I wrote that song really for me to just be like, you know what? You don't have to be a people pleaser all the time. You know, just, to, you know, sometimes you just have to do things for yourself. Because mm -hmm. I'm very much a people pleaser. That's and a being important a thing. Yeah, and being a people pleaser can put you in really difficult situations. And I'm like barely starting to like get a grip on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because I've noticed from wanting you know, to please everybody that you're almost like giving everything to them and leaving none for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why like in the lyrics, it says like, um, uh, that, oh my gosh, I even forgot my own lyrics, but it says something, <laughs> but it says something like, you know, um, nobody wants me around. Yep. Nobody wants me around. Um, yeah, basically. Sorry, I, I don't have the lyrics on me, but <laughs> but something like when oh um something like I smile when they all frown or uh -huh. something like that because again it's like now you're focusing on what you want and uh -huh. now it's not to their benefit so they can stay mad basically <laughs> that's what I was trying to say but I was like damn I don't want to like mess up my own lyrics but <laughs> <laughs> shit happens <laughs> it's okay it's okay. <laughs> Um, that's dope. No, it really is such a fun song. And then the fact that your music videos with your best friends is also like really um, cute. Icing on top of the cake. Do you think that... My low budget music videos. <laughs> 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 and you know what? Like, I don't even care. To be honest, I feel like it was definitely like 
I think it's all just one big learning experience. experience yes. so shout out to Heido for for those hooking it up because he was interning, and oh, he, yeah, he definitely so yeah, dope, dope, dope. So, um, but I feel like this only gives me more direction of what like music videos, you know, how I want them to look like and keep like finding different creative avenues to make them better and better. Mm -hmm. How to prepare for them, how to... Exactly, like, like the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we shot Fuse, in terms of music videos, like, shout out to Marlo. Like, he really was like, what is your vision? Do you have a Pinterest board? Do you have, like, what's the story? Like, Marlo does such intensive... Planning. Um, planning he, for your vision. Did he storyboard for you, or do you have yeah. to do that for him? It was more of like a thing. Yeah, it was a very collaborative thing. And I was like, oh my God. And that's what I, when you go back to like making sure that people around you want, you to want that same thing. And like, of course, and of course at the end of the day, Marlo has to also show like what he can do, mm -hmm. you know? And he wants to make sure that like as, you know, the artist is doing their part and it's that 50-50. Um, but holy shit, working with Marlo was one of the most amazing things ever <laughs> two highlights from that whole experience um everything <laughs> i think okay so two highlights i think was him just being like having things ready mm. like we didn't waste no time that's right how long of recording did you guys do eight hours i, I believe oh. i didn't eat the whole day <laughs> probably because i was also too nervous in the beginning but mm -hmm. then at the same time it was just like Back to back to back. When it came to the visuals, the direction, the artistry of like what the camera shot, was it his mind or was it like, hey, Alyssa, come look at this. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. It was honestly because it was so back to back. I don't remember spending too much time looking at what it looked like. We mm -hmm. just was like, all right. Uh, you had trust. You had I trust. had trust, definitely. Um, and then there was also um, Julius too. Shout out to him. And, and Dre, the photographer, and also helping with the lighting and everything they they all kind of we all work together on set basically mm -hmm. and they had uh, different equipment to work with in terms of lighting effects like the thunder thunderstorm effect and shout out to daniel first of all for making like the set right oh my gosh thing. yeah like with the little sprinkler little pipeline things yeah. It, yeah i mean everything was honestly a highlight the only and I think like the only thing I would change if anything was just to have more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I hear> you. <laughs> you know, but unfortunately, you know. Can I ask how much did you spend? Yeah, probably around eighteen hundred. But that's just for Marlo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're not talking about the equipment that I spent. That's probably like another actually it might have been like 30 40 bucks because Daniel also got some stuff from his work for free that okay. helped him build stuff. Mm -hmm. But then also if you want to include the outfits, that's mm -hmm. probably like another 50 and like it adds up. Probably yeah. so maybe all together if anything, maybe like 2 25? grand. Oh, 20. Yeah. Well, 2 to 25. Yeah, sure. 25 well, well, yeah. <laughs> damn. No. Damn, that's crazy, but it's going to pay off. It's just it's just more to add to the mental portfolio. And it's cool. There's this book called Psycho-Cybermanetics. It's uh, written by Maxwell Maltz. He talks about that winning feeling and about how if you want to generate more positive moments and like create more of those moments that you remember being so magnanimous, all you have to do mentally is go back to those spaces and remind yourself of what it felt like to win and what oh it felt gosh, like to have yeah. that moment of like, Oh, you see me? Like finally, someone fucking sees me. This is. I dope. think I think it, you're so meant to say that to me right now today, because I was literally thinking like, dude, I really like. Why do I be having like such highs and such lows? Like I'm bipolar. Like didn't I mention that yeah. earlier in the podcast? Yeah, because it's like I. It's almost like my mind forgets the really highs. And it just really, like, when I'm low, that's all that, like, I can consume sometimes. And mm. that just is consuming, you know? Um, but I love... Like, we don't want to be there. Like, yeah. getting out of here. But then also, I'm kind of a psychopath. And sometimes I just have to feel that lowness. You're a Scorpio. You're not a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know too much about I... Zodiac signs, <laughs> my friend. But that's why you're here to tell me what I am. But, <laughs> but, but really, I think... 
I don't know. I think I just that was really timely of you. <laughs> before the before we continue with um, analyzing your music, because I want to continue with this, talk to us a little bit about your background in psychology and what you went to school for. Oh. Because I think it's very interesting how I'm always a fan of people who are multi talented, whether it's like in the arts or in professional career fields. I just like people who have multiple hats because I see myself in the future like using multiple hats like that's how I want my life to be mm -hmm. so do you think that your school career and your music are two different extensions of your mind and do you ever see the two coming together how do they oh for sure I feel like you know majoring in psychology and then you know writing music definitely they come into contact every once in a while and you know what's really funny is I had this conversation with Savvy too because I remember some he you know during the pandemic mm -hmm. a lot of people needed to hear music that was uplifting. relating to them oh. uplifting or even talking about like stuff like suicide talking about depression having that be a conversation to be open dialogue exactly yes. and create that open dialogue and for me I was like no <laughs> to be like you know to be fully transparent I was yeah. like telling I was like I do that for a living I have to like talk to um to people about that already so mm. To do that in music was very, like, tiring for my brain. Do you think that... Okay, so taking it from a psychology-only perspective, when you are working as the psychology you, what's the hardest thing for you to deal with? I think... Going back real quick to, like, you know, saying no to the whole wanting to write about like serious topics like that it's not that I'm not open to it I think it's because since it's also my career in a more professional in a professional angle mm -hmm. it felt very exhausting to you know I come home from working with clients that might experience that or having these conversations all the time that to bring it back to my creative outlet where I'm like this is where like I get to like unwind kind of mm -hmm that's the issue that I kind of have a little mm -hmm. bit if that like makes sense like why bring your work home with you yeah yes exactly mm -hmm. so that's basically the the biggest thing for me that was hard but I think at the same time I've been more open to it and a lot of the songs that include those themes I've just have not seen the light of day <laughs> they've kind of been like in the back pocket because I feel like to be able to really write about my experiences, you know, experiencing, you know, those really strong feelings of depression, suicide, and all of that, mm -hmm. I feel like it takes a level of vulnerability that I definitely would have to take time into sharing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it even goes to, like, the fact, like, okay, am I going to even trust the person I'm in the studio with who's recording me to record songs like that? Mm -hmm. Like, to me, I take that very, like, seriously. I don't just like decide to like, oh, let me write a song about me. No, it doesn't really work like, like that in my head. Mm -hmm. It's like if I'm listening to something or I feel inspired by something, like I will write that. But then even then, like I said, like all those steps to get to the point to where I'm writing, recording, releasing, like all of that would be such a huge process for me um, that I'm not even sure I want like <laughs> other people to listen to. Um, all in due time, for sure. I don't... I don't think that I'm not going to release stuff like that. But I think when it was talked about to me about releasing music like that. It didn't appeal you. It didn't appeal me. Only because, like, I do that for a living. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and sometimes it's really hard to separate the two, you know, for making sure that, like, when I come home, I don't take the stuff that, you know, I deal with at work home with me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that just makes my mental health worse. <laughs> So I think, um, back to that question, cleansing when you have a lot on your mental plate, like how do you, how do you release that? How do you get, how, how do you get out of that? Well, you know, part of it's the music piece. Yeah. And part of it is self-care, mm. really, at the end of the day. I have, I work with amazing clinicians and, you know, I have wonderful coworkers that really kind of ground me, you know, so being connected to people being able to have open dialogues about things like that too really helps. Um, 
and I think I confide a lot in my coworkers because due to it. confidentiality too, right? Mm. I can't really talk about anything else <laughs> to anybody else, nice. you know, to respect the confidentiality of others. But, um, but definitely having those relationships, self-care, having those outlets definitely uh, helps. Heavy on the vibes. Back to the music. So what do you think your favorite? Okay, no, this is honestly one of my favorites on your last album. And it's like such a fun song to, because you know, I do the top down moments. Like I need to like drive with my, yeah, it's the song for me. Oh, cry on me. Yes. Yes. I feel like consensus, this is a lot of people's favorite song. Part about this song? The riff, probably. <laughs> I think vocally it challenged me. And I think when I think of the song, it almost kind of like, whoa, I wrote that. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I still have that feeling. Like sometimes I listen to my own music and I'm like, oh shit, I wrote those lyrics. I created that song, you know, with the help of, you know, the people who create the beats, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think Cry On Me was definitely vocally challenging, but also I'm very proud of it in terms of like the arrangement and, and all of that. It Good was, vibes. yeah, I really like that song. Yeah, my favorite is how was it to record this next part? <laughs> so Daniel says, Daniel says that I should have made it a challenge because I recorded that riff all in one breath, and I don't even think I could do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Listen to this shit, y'all. Same breath. Same breath. I swear to God. You can ask Daniel. Yeah. So that was like in the studio. And I remember that I was like turning red and everything. (laughs) And And I attempted so many times doing it like that because... I was like, no, nothing will sound as good as it will if I try to do it all in one breath and try to create it as smoothly as possible without, you know, too much editing, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really hard, but I did it. And even then, I'm like, I still could have done it better. Damn, I really fucked with that. Like, it sounds so good. Oh, thank you. Like, it's definitely one of my faves. I think people, I got, when people listen to that song, they're like, oh, sh- you you got pipes. And that's like the one thing that people were like, you can actually sing. I was like, thanks. Yeah, motherfucker. I was like, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, even talking about that, I still struggle to like <laughs> really come to terms with like, am I really good at like singing? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's really crazy. Like, I honestly thought that riff sounded like shit. I'm not going to lie to you. And I was like, that's the best I can do. Um, but I feel like it just goes back to, you know, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. And I honestly, like, and it's not, it's not, it's me, it's me, not you, it's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like when I look back, sometimes I even cringe. I'm like, oh my God, I could have done so much better. Or like, so, oh, I should have fixed that. Or I should have done it this way. Like. I cringe at old dance videos for sure. It's yeah, and I kind of see that as like for me music wise. But why do you cringe at your dance stuff? Because it's because if I was doing that right now, it wouldn't look the way that it looked. I feel oh, it's called evolution, you know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things back then were cool, then versus like mm-hmm. you or know. very fresh, very new. Yeah, and it's not so fresh or very new anymore. Yeah. 
But I feel like that's just life. <laughs> yeah. So don't be too hard on true. yourself. <laughs> very, very, very true. Because I feel like at one point, like, we're, we all thought we were the shit, you know? Hey, man, I, I'm a huge... Y'all ever hear me talk about myself, bitch? I'd be gassing <laughs> myself up. <laughs> so this... We'll do one more song off of this track. And it's the song that I'm the intro in. So I, you got this off my Snapchat story, mm-hmm. right? I, there was one day I used to Snapchat rant all the time before I had my podcast because I have things that I just need to say. And I'm going to play the intro and then we're going to talk about what the meaning of the song is because I fucks with it so much. It really was like, honestly, I needed the song in my life just so I could link people and be like, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can be the victim or you can be the person who chooses to not victimize themselves. Okay, so when you heard that, what did you think? So, you're... Okay, so I think you were telling me a story, a personal story, and I'll let you speak on it because that's your story. And when you were telling me your experience, I was like, I remember being in the shower specifically. You know, notice how I literally remember where I am when I write these songs. It's crazy. But, um, and I was like, and I was reflecting again, right? And I was thinking about what you told me, what your feelings were, and like everything. And I just felt like it was important. It was an important message Uh um, to not only me, because I related to that experience, maybe not in the same way, obviously. Um... But I was like, I want to write that song, that message in a song. And then um, I don't remember if I wrote the song first and then heard your Snapchat or the other way around. But I do remember that you you were um, disclosing your personal experiences and that was what inspired me to write the song. And I think maybe along the line, I ran into a Snapchat and I was like, oh, perfect. Perfect. It yeah. kind of all fell into place on its own kind of thing. Right. The song is called Secret. We'll play up until the chorus and then we'll talk more. But who produced this? Because I also like really fucked with just like the whole... Yeah, let me look it up for you. The producer for that song Mm. is called Astoria Boulevard. Which makes me think of another question. Do you... How do you come across all these producers? Online. People who sell their beats. I know BeatStars is a website where Mm. a lot of producers put their their beats for sale. Things like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I flex with this song so heavy because it's just so annoying... To be a fucking secret, bro. It all stems back to insecurities. Yeah. And I think... Go ahead. Which I understand. Everyone changes and transforms at their own pace due to their own experiences. But I just... Fuck. I remember being at a position in my life where I was so fed up that every fucking person that felt like... That I felt was interacting with me would rather interact with me... Mm, without being seen by anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't you be seen with me? Why can't we be out in public? Mm-hmm. Am I that much of an issue? Just me being me. Yeah. Like, it, it's such a shitty feeling. So I remember when I first heard this, I was in the room with you, yeah? We, you mm-hmm. showed it to me in your room. But then when I bought the album and I could listen to it on my own, 
This is the only song I listen to on my drive home from work. <laughs> Especially when I worked at that restaurant filled with all those fuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is a staple. This is an anthem. This is an anthem. And the fact that it's track four and four is my favorite number. I think I told you to make it track four. You did? I don't remember if, that. If not, then... I, I remember you saying that, but I only remember you saying that after the fact. Jeez. So I don't remember. <laughs> and everything fell into place perfectly the way that it needed to be. Yeah. Um. Man, such a good project. But I feel like a lot of people also can resonate with that too. Oh, fuck yeah. With like, you know, sneaky links nowadays and I don't know. I guess everyone has their own story too, but... I feel like there's always one person that that gets hurt when in those type of like situations, mm-hmm. and I feel like like you mentioned like it really, really just harms the self esteem, the self confidence, and like you know gives you a sense of like am I worthy kind of thing, mm-hmm. and and I feel like I don't know there's so much into it I can talk about you know the level of self-love that you don't have when you're in those situations and mm. like everything is just a roller coaster. Um, and I remember feeling like that as like, you know, through my adolescence. Um, so I think that I was singing that to teenager me mm-hmm. and I was singing that for, for you in terms of like your experiences with like a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Of course we walk different shoes and it doesn't look the same, but I feel like at the end of the day, we both resonate with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really, I really like that song, and yeah, I think that was just something that was like for me and you. <laughs> Big, and I fucked it. Thank you so much for it, because it's just honestly so dope to say that I'm like the intro on a song on an album too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that part alone is extremely dope. I love that. Yeah. So thank you for thinking of me. Well, of course. I feel like, you know, another thing to add is, like, my music really is symbolic of what I'm around. My, you know, you're a product of your environment. Yeah. And so, of course, what you do will kind of, in a, in its own way, kind of re- represent that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Can we get any sneak peeks on new music? Yeah. I guess so. Hey, yo. Uh, well, and I don't even know which one we should do. Because I did show you the the, the other song, remember, we mm-hmm. were in the car. And then, you know, Timeless with Frisco. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to... I'll let you pick. Which one we do you want to do? This is difficult. <laughs> Save the one but with you know Frisco. What? Save the one with Frisco. Really? Okay. Is that the one you wanted? No, I almost was going to say it. Only because we are working... On another one. On, um, no, doing a music video for that one. Oh. I think it's still like preliminary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I feel like it would be cool to kind of for people to kind of get a sneak peek of that. Let's do it then. Um. Shout out the, Frisco baby. Yes, I'm thinking. So the producer for this song is called. Let me look up the producer name before I share it to her. I should be saying that when we <laughs> when we show music, you know, because you know, fifty fifty. Give credit where the credit due. Yeah, so that's also really important too when you make music with other people. That can get kind of shady, you know. Mm-hmm. And making sure that you credit the right people. All right, let's see. I know I'm gonna miss Lou. X2. That's how you say it. Vibes. Okay, so now let's go to my files. And when it comes to projects, do you ever give yourself a deadline or is it like, why would I ever rush my art? You know what I mean? Deadlines. Um, I think with Clouds, I did have a deadline. For this one, I'm taking my time perfecting my craft, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely more protective so it's not that i don't have a deadline but i am taking my time if that makes sense mm-hmm. i'm starting to really find the grasp of how to carefully distribute carefully it's um, your baby yeah so i'm just kind of taking my time with it um but this isn't oh you know what i don't even know if i should show anything because it's not nothing is 
solidified? Yeah. Do you want to show the one that you showed me that was just you? Is that a thing? Is that a vibe? Would that be an option? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Or maybe I could show you timeless. I could still do timeless, but maybe just my piece. Your, yeah, 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 that way in case Frisco Baby wants her piece to be... Special, saved, surprise, yeah, yes. I'll respect that. Okay. Vibes. Vibes, yo, which makes me remind uh, myself of the question that I had for you earlier. Bilingual music, yeah, I love it so much. Is that where you see yourself headed? Uh, yeah, it's never, I think so. I don't think it'll ever not be in the picture. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm not, I'm just trying to stray away from being a stereotype though. Uh -huh. I feel like there's a certain expectation when you're bilingual that you have to make a certain type of music. Uh -huh. um, but I fucked with that so heavy. I love the back and forth. Like the, the Spanglish back and forth uh, yeah. just makes me so happy. <laughs> like it's like a, it like triggers different parts of the brain, you know, and you're like, oh fuck, yeah, I gotta go back and forth. I love it. I think you're gonna hit a wide audience with this. I'm super excited for the next body of work that you put out whenever, however... Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. So, so much. You can follow Alyssa on Instagram, Alyssa underscore Rostran. And if you can't find it, just go to my followers or my following and search Alyssa. You can also stream or buy her music on Apple, Spotify, Tidal, all streaming platforms, right? Yeah, I would say most of them, yeah. And you can watch your videos on YouTube. Make sure you run up them streams. Hit yes. a, a like. Hit the subscribe. All the things. I love y'all so much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know you'll be back soon. Yay. We live in the same house. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks. I'll see you guys soon. It's your boy and Alyssa. We out. Bye.